0: Bonjour, hello, and welcome to Close Up on Canada, the podcast from the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. I'm your host, Daniel Bélan. This season, we are talking about immigration policy in Canada and beyond. Immigration has always been a key aspect of Canadian economic and social life, and thinking about immigration policy in a changing world is a priority. Our guests this season are experts in the field and will be giving us insight into the conversations happening now when it comes to immigration policy in Canada and abroad. In addition to this podcast, the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada will be hosting a two-day conference focused on immigration policy in Canada this fall on October 27 and 28 at the Sofitel Hotel in Montreal. The conference will feature keynotes and roundtables that address broad themes in immigration policy relevant to informed citizens, community leaders, journalists, policymakers, researchers, and students. For more information and to register for this event, please visit misc slash 2022 conference. Today we are talking about immigration policy in Quebec and intergovernmental relations over immigration across Canada. We are pleased to be joined by Mireille Paquet. Mireille is a political scientist and an associate professor of political science at Concordia University. She holds the Concordia Research Chair on the politics of immigration and directs the Équipe de recherche sur l'immigration dans le Québec actuel. Bonjour Mireille, and thanks for accepting our invitation.
1: Thank you, Danielle. It's a pleasure.
0: Well, to start off, tell us uh, a bit about uh, yourself and how you got into this uh, field of research, so uh, immigration policy, uh, broadly speaking.
1: So I myself, am not an immigrant, but one of the reasons I got very interested in immigration quite early on in my life was that when I was a high schooler in my uh, in my hometown of Sherbrooke, um, we were lucky to be um, the high school that received a large contingent of uh, resettled um, students from uh, ex-Yugoslavia as a result of the conflict that was going on there. And so all of a sudden, my high school that was quite homogenous and where everyone uh, looked, sounded the same and kind of came from the same place, um, was transformed by the arrival of very mysterious and actually, if I put myself in my shoes from back then, quite cool um, teenagers who had a very different fashion style, uh, fashion sense that spoke another language. And at first, these students weren't uh, in our class because they were in French learning immersion. But soon we got to actually, you know, live with them in our classes, become friends with them and learn a little bit about like, who they were and why they were there and how they ended up in Sherbrooke of all places. And so that opened my eyes to both the human experience of what it is to migrate and in that case, to be forcibly displaced by a conflict. And... um, Uh, On the other end, it just kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, oh my God, like so many people are actually moving in different directions. And it just gave me a real passion and a real curiosity for human movement. And starting with that, well, it's just something that I've been uh, been interested ever since, human mobility. um, And I've always liked politics. So soon I became quite aware also of How the state was very involved in making some human mobility possible and in making some other human mobilities impossible. And so my interest continued to expand as I decided to study political science. I became increasingly also interested in how a lot of my classes weren't talking about immigration. So it was. Kind of a topic that was reserved at the time for demographers, sociologists, anthropologists, historians. So I myself was like, I think that there is something to be learned when thinking about immigration as a political scientist. So as I've continued my studies, I've been, you know, thinking that it would probably make sense to explore a little more what Canada in particular does. For immigration, and this is really what has driven my work, trying to think about how policies uh, related to immigration have evolved in Canada, and I've taken a specific interest in intergovernmental relations because, you know, I'm from Quebec, and of course, uh, you know, when you're a Quebecer and you study Canadian politics, everything is about federalism. And I've also uh, increasingly been interested in the role that Canada's public service plays in developing immigration policy and innovating in that policy
0: area. So let's talk a bit about Quebec since you're from Sherbrooke and you completed your PhD at the University of Montreal. And as you said, when we talk about federalism and immigration policy, intergovernmental relations, obviously Quebec uh, is a, a major topic and a major, I would say, uh, also a topic for research. So let's talk about Quebec politics a bit later. But, but first, let's address the wider topic of the role of provinces in immigration policy. What do provinces do in terms of immigration policy? How has their role in that area expand over time? And how does this growing role of provinces in immigration policy affect intergovernmental relations, especially relations, Uh, between the provinces and the federal government.
1: So immigration is interesting because it's actually set as a shared jurisdiction in the Canadian constitution next to agriculture. And so it is not the same as other jurisdictions that have evolved to be shared through practice. And so part of the reason for that setup in the constitution was that immigration was closely related to colonialism and to the development of a population base in uh, pre-confederation colonies and dominions. And so, of course, some of the powers and some of the people that signed the Constitution back in 1867 were quite concerned about losing the capacity to bring people over and to potentially also promote their territory as a place of settlement. So we have this link with settler colonialism that's actually quite interesting in our setup of how um, immigration is, um, is operating. But as time passed, especially with trends of centralization and early Canadian federal history, the federal government became a lot more active in that policy area and provinces less active. So what happened is that uh, this trend continues for a long time, especially as uh, different waves of population building and, and territorial development ended. And so up until, I would say, the Second World War, the central government, the federal government was really the central player in immigration. Things start to change. And that's something that's documented. And I talk and theorize about in my first book, Provinces and the Federalization of Immigration. Things start to change in the 60s. So in the post-war period, first off, true Quebec, because Quebec as I'm sure listeners are aware, has different needs in terms of language protection, and also was concerned about how federal policies were potentially used, or at least perceived to be used as a way to dilute the population base of Quebec. So starting at the same time as the Quiet Revolution, Quebec starts demanding powers from Ottawa to decide on actually who can can come in To the province. So the idea was not to become involved, let's say, in border control or to get involved in uh, quarantine, which is a really important thing for immigration that maybe now we think more about. But it was really to be able to have a say in who's coming in as a way to try to select more French speaking immigrants to uh, potentially make sure that immigration would not become a threat to um, the French language on the territory. So starting in the 60s, the province of Quebec ended up signing agreements with the federal government to gradually gain more powers over immigration. In the 1990s, after the failure of the Meech Lake project, Quebec is actually able to sign the largest immigration agreement and the one that's still operating today. So that agreement not only gives Quebec a say in the selection of permanent residents coming into the province. So there are, you know, a lot of caveats in that that we don't have time to go into. But let's say for a listener, what we need to know is that for most permanent residents coming into the economic streams, Quebec has a say in accepting them and the government of Canada will not admit them as permanent Im- immigrants unless they have this recommendation for Quebec. from Quebec. But the other thing that happens in 1991 is that Quebec also gains an agreement with the federal government that Ottawa will completely withdraw from the provision of integration services on Quebec's territory. And because at that time, we are still in a period where Ottawa gives a lot of money (laughs) to provinces, that withdrawing comes with an agreement to actually transfer resources annually to the province so that they can develop their own equivalent integration services. So, what happens starting in the 90s is that we actually have a system that is Quebec unique, with Quebec selecting its own immigrant and also implementing its own integration pro- programs, including and especially language training in French. And on the other end, in other provinces, we have a system that is still heavily directed by the federal government. Uh, And starting in the early 2000s, we see other provinces starting to demand more power. Of course, they don't have the same basis for those demands as Quebec has. The linguistic question, of course, is not there. But the overall context of federalism is different as well. So we don't have a constitutional crisis looming. Uh, there is also a very different fiscal atmosphere going on with Ottawa being a lot less capable or willing to spend, let's say. And so uh, as a result of these demands, what we see emerge are different type of agreements between Ottawa and the provinces. One of the things we see emerge is the creation of a program called the Provincial Nominee Program. And so this program looks a little bit like what Quebec has, but at a very much smaller scale. The Provincial Nominee Program promotes or allows provinces to select a small portion of uh, of economic migrants that are willing or interested to settle in their territories. And that program was really created by Manitoba and by the demands of Manitoba because immigration has always been in Canada centered on three main destinations, Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal. So for a lot of provinces outside of these three uh, centers, the game is not necessarily protecting language, but the game is to actually get people to go settle there. So the idea with the Provincial Nominee Program was to ensure that immigrants that are especially aligned with the demands of the provincial labor market and places like Alberta or Newfoundland would actually have a priority treatment by those provincial governments to come and settle uh, in, their, in these provinces. So over time, the program got kind of diffuse all over Canada and every provinces outside of Quebec now, including two territories, have agreement over, for, the, for a PNP and select a portion of their permanent economic immigrants. In the early two thousand, as well, there were some experimentation between Ottawa and the provinces over the um, decentralization of some integration services, Manitoba and BC had an agreement that provided them with also full independence like Quebec to implement integration services. But these agreements have been rescinded and Ottawa has, you know, kept power over this ever since. So this is a long story to say that we have a patchwork basically agreement of federal provincial relations over immigration with different types of agreements between Ottawa and the provinces, with Quebec having more power and other provinces being much more limited in what they can do in terms of immigrant selection. But the other thing I think that is super important to note is that despite these agreements or in spite or in addition to these agreements, there is nothing that makes it unconstitutional or illegal for provinces to legislate in immigrant integration or to provide services for immigrant integration. Immigrant integration, per se, is a quite novel area of interventions for the government. It used to be not something that, you know, government cares so much about. And so provinces are absolutely in a position to act. And here is, I guess, the conclusion point in relation to that is that because provinces are capable, or at least allowed to act in this area, what we see more and more are dynamics related to immigrant integration and immigration more broadly that are associated with fiscal federalism dynamics. Because of course, provinces say, well, you know, we have, uh, you know, it's another area of policy that is related to healthcare, education and other areas of responsibilities for, uh, for which we are responsible. And again, we are suffering from uh, not receiving enough money from uh, Ottawa and we need a new fiscal architecture. So I would say that, you know, this long arc of history from provinces not being involved to province being more involved now in a way makes immigration like all the other provincial jurisdiction, in which, uh, in which uh, provinces are willing to experiment and do new things, but always with the caveat that they feel like they don't have enough resources.
0: Thank you. So let's focus uh, on Quebec now and the challenges facing the province in terms of uh, immigration policy and, and integration. So what are the main challenges today uh, in uh, in Quebec.
1: So there are a couple of challenges that uh, are associated with Quebec's unique position, both within Canada, but also geographic position. So one of the things that has been visible since 2017 is the fact that Quebec receives uh, the majority of uh, irregular border crossers who come from the United States. So Quebec is not responsible for deciding whether these people are going to be granted asylum, but they are operationally the province is operationally responsible for you know kind of making sure they have access to uh basic services and they have to the province has to interact a lot with the federal government in this policy area that used to be a lot less active in the past so we always had in quebec as in the rest of the country, irregular migrants and asylum seekers, but not to the extent that Quebec has experienced since 2017. So that's one thing that's been uh, important in Quebec. There was a little bit of a lull during um, the pandemic, but we 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 saw this summer that arrivals have continued. So that's one thing. Um, another thing is that we've seen increasingly difference in approach between um what the federal government use in terms of language and 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 orientation and program orientation and what the current Quebec government is also putting forward in terms of uh both immigration and uh integration so for example in 2018 when the CAC government of Francois Legault was elected the government was elected on the promise of lowering immigration intakes, which is completely on the opposite of what the government of Canada has been doing since the early 2000s, and especially Trudeau's government, who is uh, planning for record number of permanent immigrants to come into Canada up until 2024 and probably after as well. So we have this kind of distance between the two governments. And of course, in Quebec, one of the things that we're seeing now is that a lot of policies that might not directly be codified by the government as immigration policy or integration policies actually target directly immigrants. So we can think of Bill 21 and we can also think about the new language laws and policies that have been put in place. And these have major impact for the process of integration in the province, and they will also have, I mean, the the, the scale of that remains to be quantified by specialists, but will also probably have major effect in terms of short-term and long-term retentions of immigrants who settle in the province, with a lot of people deciding to go live in other parts of the countries.
0: So let's look at the future now, and and especially, again, focusing on on Quebec. So what's on the horizon here for uh, Quebec? How do you see immigration policy changing in the near near future in in the province?
1: A lot of the things that I see or that we, we, we hear about changing in Quebec are actually things that look a lot like what's happening in the rest of the country. So one of the trends that's visible in quebec and in canada and that has not been discussed a lot in quebec is the fact that now the province welcomes more temporary migrants than permanent migrants and so a lot more international students a lot more workers on temporary or limited permits and that number is almost double the amount of permanent immigrants and that changes the whole logic of how integration happened for one thing that means that the government needs to think about how these people will potentially be able to access permanent residence at a given moment. And that that has to happen in, in a timeline that's, you know, faster, uh, maybe that it is now. But also the program has to make sure that uh, the, the government has to make sure that the programs remain easy to understand and easy to uh, to navigate for migrants. So that's one thing. A second thing is that uh, while the CAT government has kind of rescinded its promise of lowering immigration levels, the demand for labor uh, for labor force in, both in terms of permanent labor force and uh, seasonal labor force continues to increase and so of course, there's going to be an increasing uh, a, a growing tension between the demands of employers and economic actors in the province and the orientation of the government. So it remains to be seen how should the CAC have a second mandate and what direction they're going to take. And of course, a third thing is that the overall mood is changing. So while public opinion in general remains quite positive for immigration, there are pockets of more polarized actors that have gained a lot of momentum prior to the pandemic and even during the pandemic on social media and elsewhere with the arrival of a new party in the provincial election uh, that's coming up this fall, the Parti conservateur du Québec, the game and the discourse about immigration and a kind of window of what is acceptable to propose in terms of policy proposal and what is less acceptable will also change, I think. And this is really something to look for. And we need to think about what happens uh, to other parties.
0: Well, thank you very much, Mireille. Merci beaucoup. Really fascinating uh, discussion. That was Mireille Paquet, who is an Associate Professor of uh, Political Science and the Concordia Research Chair on the Politics of Immigration at Concordia University. Mireille will also be a speaker at our upcoming Miss Conference on Immigration Policy happening on October 27 and 28 in uh, Montreal, at the Sofitel Hotel. Uh, for more information and to register for this event, please visit mcgill.ca slash MISC slash 2022 conference. To learn more about the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada, our academic programs and our public events, please visit us at mcgill.ca slash MISC, M-I-S-C. You can also follow us on Twitter at MISCAN, M-I-S-C-C-A-N. And, of course, subscribe for more episodes of Close Up on Canada, our podcast here at the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. Thank you to our producer, Blair Elliott, and to the staff at MISC. And, well, we'll uh, hopefully uh, see you soon at our conference. And uh, take care. Au revoir.